Word for You is presented by Grace Point Church in Lakewood, Ohio. We are located at the intersection of Warren and Alger and welcome you to visit us in person or online at gracepointlakewood.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-P-O-I-N-T-E-L-A-K-E-W-O-O-D dot com. Listen to podcasts of sermons from our pastor, Mike Bartolone, and various guest pastors. You will see that grace is always the point, and you are always welcome. to talk today a little bit about, well, I, I titled my sermon today, I, actually I have two titles, because I didn't know how to put it in just eight little words, so I, I did two. But the first title is The Bottom Line of It All. That's the title. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about that little title. And the truth about you, I want to talk about us, and it, 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 it pertains to me as well. But the bottom line of it all <clears throat> is a phrase <clears throat> that I learned over the years from a young man who was pastor now 17 years. I've been pastoring 37 years. <clears throat> and I trained him up in ministry. And he's been pastoring 17 years at Euclid Foursquare Church in Euclid. And whenever we talk, he always says to me, you can ask my wife, he always says the bottom, the bottom line of it all. And he's a really strong preacher, and he's a really good man. His name is Pastor Dennis Rudolph. And that was one of his favorite sayings <laughs> all through the time I've known him. And it really was the incentive for me to put together my teaching today. But today, I want to talk to you about the gospel. Don't be afraid. It's good news. How many like good news? Amen. So you've got to be careful what you put before your eyes <laughs> and what you read, because a lot of things we you know, look at it, and a lot of things we read is not good news, it's bad news, and very negative sometimes, but you'll have the opportunity today to open your heart and invite the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. He will save you, bring you a new and a blessed life beyond your wildest dreams. I mean, I can't, I can't, even after knowing him some 40-some years, I, it's like I just can't, it's just still incredible. It just gets better and better every day. It never gets stale. It's, and that's, like we, that's why we have bread, fresh bread. This was cooked this morning, this bread. It wasn't, you know, we didn't buy it at Breadsmith or Giant Eagle or, you know, some other place. It's fresh from the Zooters home right here, this family right here. They get up four in the morning and make it for us every Sunday. And it comes out hot. It's warm. It's fresh. It's delicious. Amen. And all you have to say is, Jesus, come into my heart. I believe in you. And when you open <clears throat> the door to your heart, Jesus promised he would come in. And in his coming into your heart, he is promising you that he would never leave you nor forsake you. Never. That's a great promise. That he would never leave you nor forsake you. And that nobody could ever snatch you out of his hand and out of his love. And even when we feel faithless, he remains faithful. Nothing in this world could ever separate you from his love. Nothing. And also remember this. Salvation isn't only a feeling. It's a true fact. The moment he comes into your heart, 
Salvation isn't just an experience, it's a promise for all who put their trust in Jesus Christ today and every day. I myself don't always feel forgiven, even though I know I am forgiven. Even the Bible, though the Bible declares I'm forgiven, I don't always feel forgiven. I have to sometimes work through my feelings. And we can feel all kinds of things as we go through life, but my assurance of his promises, this Bible here contains 7,700 promises from God to you. This is God's love letter to you. This is not a, a book that, that brings condemnation. Jesus doesn't ever condemn us. He only loves us. He only cares about us. He only gives us blessings and he only gives us promises. That's all he cares about is seeing the best and giving us the best for our lives. And his truth and promises remain faithful regardless how we feel. See, God and Jesus are truth tellers. When Jesus came into my heart, I too, just like you, had to believe in him. No matter what my emotions may be. That's what faith is. We walk by faith, not by what we feel. See, we know that when we ask God to come into our hearts, regardless of how we feel from day to day, we can know that we are saved because of the trustworthiness of God. Amen? People fail to understand sometimes their new identity in Christ. And I think it sometimes comes down to a little phrase that I wrote out years ago, the theology of the soul. What do I mean by that? Great question. Glad you asked. See, your soul is what houses your mind, how you think, your will, what you plan to do, and your emotions. Your soul is like an experience tank. It can go through anything, doubt, fear, and other emotional experiences. And we all ride the roller coaster of that kind of thing, the soul, every day. But God calls us to worship him like we did today in spirit and truth. That's in John 4:24. But so as I have said in this teaching time, it is dangerous for us to develop a belief system. Now, I, you guys, I know some of you are new here today, but I call it the BS system. I don't know what, you, I don't know what BS means to you, but for a lot of people it means BS. But I call it your belief system. And based on what we, may, we might be feeling, sure, it's tempting to believe that you feel it's, it's always reality, but once you fully understand and realize that there are influences like the flesh and sin causing our soul to experience thoughts and feelings that go against of who we are, everything makes more sense. And we begin to walk by faith in the truth of who we really are in Christ, not by feelings. If you have your Bibles, if not, we do something here. We have an AV guy back there. His name is John. He's going to put the scripture up for you. It's going to Ephesians chapter 2. He'll put it up there. He'll move that thing off of there for a minute. And he'll put up a scripture for you. There it is. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. What's really scary for me sometimes when I'm preaching is he's always beating me. Everybody's reading the scripture and I haven't even gotten to it yet. So, because I can't see, I don't, I don't know why God didn't put eyes in the back of my head. So when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him, you know, there's some things I got to talk to God about, really. Why didn't you put eyes in the back of our heads is one of them. Why didn't you put an automatic squirter in my mouth so when my mouth is dry, I don't have to run for a bottle of water. I could just think about it and get a squirt. How many think that would be a good creational thing? You could tell uh, I, I spend too much time studying. 
It's just like, man, oh man. Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are all his workmanship. Uh, another one says handiwork. Uh, the New, New International Version says handiwork. The New Living Translation says we are his masterpiece. I like masterpiece. How many like to be God's masterpiece? Amen? That's, that's awesome. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we shall walk in them. Just like Bryce today. He's a masterpiece. He don't even know it yet. He's clueless. He don't even know what happened today. He is clueless. But the act alone creates the atmosphere of what's going to happen in the future. Because whenever we speak words, those words create our future. We're creating his future. So God's going to fulfill his purposes in that young man. And he's, going to, he's not going to have, you know, have time sometimes to even understand that. I can remember when little Kenny Powell used to come to church on a little bicycle. He, he used to drive the, just ride his bicycle because he lived over here not too far from that church. He'd, he'd ride his bicycle, didn't know what was going on. And even to this day, now he's a pilot for Southwest, and he still knows that, God, that he's God's masterpiece. He still knows that because of the word of God being planted in his heart. But this, this scripture says that word, and that's, that's, that's a truth. The truth about you according to the Creator Jesus and Father God and the Holy Spirit. You, like me, were recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. I do good works because of Jesus. Because of what He's done in my heart. And knowing this truth that you can read in your Bible shows us that God Himself has fashioned you and it speaks volumes about your design. You're a masterpiece. Next time you look in the mirror, say, I'm a masterpiece. God's masterpiece. I'm a masterpiece created by God. And I have purpose. Say, I have purpose. And then in Romans 6.21, this scripture in the context implies that after we have received Jesus into our hearts, sin is unnatural, unfruitful in, in you in every way. One great way for you to be miserable is to go out and sin after you've accepted Christ in your heart. You want to be miserable? Accept Jesus in your heart and then try to sin. See what happens. It's not good. It doesn't bring good results. And you, like many others, will discover you hate it every hour. Why? Another good question. Thank you for asking. Because you don't really want to sin. That's right. God has rigged it so that after he comes into your heart, he starts making things happen in your life that makes you uncomfortable. The things you used to do, you don't want to do them anymore. Just you can't do them because of him being in your heart. It's a heart transplant. Being born again is about your heart being changed from the inside out. Amen? And then if you were to read a scripture, I'll read it to you. I, I even bought a new Bible. Now, the reason I bought this, I have probably 15 copies of this Bible in my office, NIV. But I bought a new one. My wife doesn't even know I bought it yet. I just bought this yesterday. I came in the mail when you were outside in the garden. You didn't even know. <laughs> I only paid $27.99. But it's super giant print. Hey, listen, when I, when I preach, when I type out my sermon, it's 28 point. How many know what 28 point is? Big. Hey, when you get 71, you'll start asking for big. <laughs> 16? Okay. Let's go to 1 John. 
Now, John, the, the guy, the, the AV guy back there, his name's John, too, so. This is first John. This is little John on the Ponderosa. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> Let's see if I can get there. First John chapter 3, verse 9. This is a powerful scripture. Look what it says. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. You can't. Because your heart changes. You can't do, you can't go against God's word. You just can't do it. You can try, but you're miserable when you do it. Miserable. Because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. That's what happens when you're born again. You're born of God. And you're His. Amen? And apparently you're going to have to have real trouble practicing sin. All kinds of alarms will go off inside of you. Why? Because it goes against your default setting. How many know what a default setting is on a computer? It means it's always there when you open it up. It's default. Amen? It's like when you get a new, you know, new uh, Dell computer. Your default com setting is Explorer. But then you decide you want to put on Brave Explorer. Okay? And you have to change the settings because default is what comes up. But it goes against the very fiber of your being. You have a new pattern, a new practice, a new tendency, and a new trend. You can't just sin and love it anymore. Galatians 5.17 in the New American Standard Bible says, For the flesh sets his desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. Check it out. The two sides of this battle very carefully, the flesh and the spirit. They oppose each other. But whose side are you on? In Christ, you're on God's side, of course. Amen? Are you with me? And it's the flesh that's trying to drag you down. It wants to keep you from doing the things that truly please you. Now, it took me years to read this, correct, this, this the correct way. I always assumed that the Spirit of God was keeping me from doing what I wanted to do, sin. But I don't read it anymore with legalistic glasses. I believe I am on God's team now. And it's the flesh that's trying to keep me from doing the beautiful things I want to do. I want what God wants. And in Galatians 5:17, it explains to us that the flesh keeps warring against us to keep us from doing the optimal, godly things you truly desire. And if you go, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 in the NIV. It says, Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. What's the soul? Mind, will, emotions. And when we are born from above by inviting Jesus into our hearts according to Ezekiel 36:26, we receive a new heart. And it's a loving, obedient heart. That's what it says in Ezekiel 36:26. Also in Romans 6.17, the heart that was deceitful, it says in Jeremiah. Here's 36.20, I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And Jeremiah 17.9, you can't trust your heart until you give it to Jesus. You can't trust its direction until Jesus is the Lord of your heart. See, God crossed your heart. 
He took your heart to the cross. And you now have a new, obedient, and forgiving heart. And when it comes to bitterness and resentment, your heart's not in it. Forgiving others is your new identity. And nothing else will satisfy you. Even when resentful thoughts hit you, you have to go to your new spiritual core 18 inches from your head. Say, from my head to my heart is 18 inches. And because now you can trust your heart, your heart always is right with God because he gave you a right heart when you were born again, born from above. And you can give and live and forgive from your heart. Your new loving heart always means you don't need more love for God. You have all the love for him you'll ever need. And in fact, in Ephesians 6.24, in the NIV, Ephesians 6.24, it says, your love for Christ is an undying love. How many of you know what an undying love is? Endless. Never stops. And you may have heard countless people tell you you need to love God more and prove your love for him, but the truth is you love him to the maximum possible degree when you accept him as your Savior. You can't love God any more than you already do. You'll never stop, and he'll never stop loving you either. See the bottom line to it all? Remember, that was one of my titles. If we don't have to do anything to become more forgiving and more loving, we simply need to recognize who God has made us in Jesus Christ. We are dead to sin, hate, and alive to the love of God. We are his masterpiece. We are his workmanship. And he did a perfect job handcrafting us just as he wants us to be. Let me close with some final thoughts. It almost sounds like an old game show. (laughs) All of him and none of you. Who's ever heard that phrase? All of him and none of you. I mean, you need to, how how about this one? This is a better one. Let go and let God. Who's ever heard that one? Let go and let God. Are you ready? Both are completely wrong. I mean, they both sound super spiritual, but they simply imply that God is not okay with you in some way. Apparently, he needs to remove you from the situation, and he needs to override you or circumvent you, but is this the truth about who you are? No, it's not. It's all of him and none of you. It, it's not, that's not true. What, it's really, what it really says is, it's all of you and all of him. Say, all of me and all of him. It's called union. You are one with Christ when you're born again. You are compatible. He doesn't need to replace you. At the cross, he embraced you. We are God's sons and daughters. I know the old covenant wants to tell us we're just servants, but if you read Galatians 4, 7 in the, new King, in the King James Version, it says, Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. That's what we are, sons and daughters of God. And now that's an incredible privilege, to be a son of God. Or a daughter of God, amen? And the most important decision you could ever make in your life, the most important decision you could ever make in your life is to make Jesus the Savior of your life. It's the greatest decision. It's better than getting married because it's for all eternity. It's forever. 
Amen? I mean, do it now. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Real simple. Be my Savior and Lord. Amen? And the presence of Christ himself within us is nothing short of miraculous. We, we sang about that in that first song about the champion. About miraculous. We open our mouth and miracles start happening around us. And that's the core, literally the core of true Christianity. And then if you were to read 2 Corinthians 13.5, you want to put that up, John, in the NIV. It says, test yourself to see if you pass this one little test. Examine yourself, it says, to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus, where's he at? He's in you. Why do we always be looking over here or looking over there or looking up there? He's right here. He's always with me in my heart. We teach little kids in Sunday school, Jesus lives in your heart. So as adults, we've got to start believing it too. Amen? Christ is in you unless, of course, you failed the test. The best revelation a Christian can have is that you, you already possess all of Jesus Christ all the time. He's with you all the time. He said he'd never leave you, nor would he ever forsake you. And you contain within you every attribute of Christ at every moment. Need more patience? Come on now. We do altar, cars, altar calls here sometimes. Anybody need more patience? No. All you people, nobody needs it. See, we got two hands. Everybody else is good, right? Right. So when you go to the grocery store and the, line, and the sign says up there, seven items or less, and you see a guy in front of you with 35 items, you have no problem with that. Right? You're saying to yourself, it's okay. I got patience. Amen? Or you go into the bank, you, you, know, you know you should have went to the drive through but you go into the bank and the line's out the door. And then you have to find out, oh, geez, where are all these people? Where they all come from? They come today only? You know? How many need more patience? I know I do. Don't wait for a gift package to fall from heaven. Trust God, trust Christ within you here and now. How many need more love? I'm not going to even look. Recognize that God poured out all of his love into your heart through his spirit. It says that in Romans 5.5, 5, you have all you need. There's no waiting, no hoping, no begging or pleading that's needed. Instead, count yourself alive and connected to the one who is pure patience and pure love. No more long-distance phone calls to heaven asking for a special visit from God's Spirit to help. The presence of Christ is local, powerful, and all-encompassing, and it lives in you. And he is everything you and I will ever need. Philippians 4.10 NIV says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 1.3 NIV, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Amen? Ephesians 1.3, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And 1 John 5.12, He who has the Son has life today and every day. Amen? I'd like the worship team to come. Amen. You get to celebrate Jesus today.
I used to celebrate them every day. <laughs> Amen? God is so good. You just heard some good news. How many enjoy good news? It's called the gospel, the good news, that Jesus took care of it all. And all we have, the greatest word, John 6, 59, John, excuse me, 6, 29 says, they asked him, this, the people who were following Jesus and trying to trip him up, said, what is the, uh, sir, they called him sir, Jesus. Sir, what is the greatest work we could ever do? Jesus said, believe, just believe on God who sent me. Believe that he sent me. Because I came to be your Savior. And if you accept me as your Savior, come ask him to come into your heart, I will be your Savior too. It's the greatest thing we could do, the greatest decision we could ever make is to make Jesus Savior and Lord of our life. Amen? And everything will change. Amen. We're going to play one song and then we'll, I'll say a prayer and then we'll dismiss. I got a video from my brother yesterday with um, Billy Graham. Any of you guys know Billy Graham? And um, Billy Graham's preaching and he said, you know, I was praying and I was praying and praying and praying and when I was a kid. And um, I went up to my mom and I said, Mom, I don't feel like my prayers are working. <laughs> and she, she said to him, she said, yeah, God's not hearing me, Mom. I don't think God's hearing me. Um, I don't feel Him. I don't feel God. And I keep praying, and I don't feel Him. <laughs> and Billy Graham's mom said to him, Honey, that's when he's probably the closest. Because don't feel him. I don't think I said it exactly the way he did, but... He said, you know, my mom remind me that it's not about the way I feel. It's about my, it's about faith. It's about the test. Am I in the faith? Am I in walking in my faith? Walking in the faith. Because you can, you can walk right out of your faith really quickly. <laughs> I've experienced it. Any of y'all experienced that? <laughs> like, wait a minute. Oh, I'm not walking in faith. a special touch from the Lord or they need something from the Lord today, if you just want to raise your hand, we just want to pray with you. We just want to sing over you. Yes, I see the hands. If you see the person sitting next to you with your hand up, you can just go over there and lay a gentle hand on their shoulder.
Lord, in the faith, where we make that decision. You've got to choose a side, you know. And, Father, we choose the side with Jesus. We choose to partner with you, Father God. So right now we just release, in the name of Jesus, we declare strength, peace, hope, joy, love, patience, overflowing in the name of Jesus. Lord, for every need that we may have, Father God, Lord, we condemn every fear that may rise up in our hearts. You said that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. I have a spirit of love. Say, I have a spirit of love. I have a spirit of power. And I have a sound mind. Yes, declare it over yourself. In the name of Jesus, amen.
You are God's masterpiece. And God crossed your heart. He brought your heart to the cross. Amen. Will you stand with me? Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes for a minute and say, you can pray with me if you want. You don't have to, but if you would like to. Say, dear Lord, Lord, I want to give you my heart. And I want you to come in, Lord, and be a part of my life. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. And I want you to lead me into the things you have for me that you've created me to be on this planet. Lord, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. And thank you for this day. Lord, I want to celebrate you, Lord. And thank you for all of your goodness and for this gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.